Okay, good evening. Obviously, I am not Brother Toby Casbury. That is a good thing that I'm not Brother Toby Casbury, and I will tell you why. I want to go ahead and let you know when he asked me to get started tonight by 6.35, we're on cue. Remember the thing that you have to your advantage is that I am an educator who knows how to teach kids in a certain time frame. But you know what? There's no tardy bells in here. There is no, so you're in trouble. Okay, I'm just going to tell you from the get-go. We will get you taken care of on the evening. Um, the reason why I tell you it's okay that he's not here tonight, I want to go ahead and let you know, because we all appreciate Toby, Toby's uh, humor, at least I do. So, here is the neat thing that he put in perspective. On social media, he has had a fun time talking about the dominance that has taken place down in San Antonio. That is what he's doing, supporting Coach Casberry, his wife, Kel Casberry, his son. I want y'all to l listen to this and keep this into perspective, okay? I'm, I know I'm telling some of you something that you completely already know, but let's just relish this goodness from our pastor. He says more math, and more math means he's kind of been giving us some math leading up to this. Vernon makes up 0.006% of the 3A teams in the state of Texas. Vernon makes up 80% of the 3A state tennis, uh, tennis champs. He says results follows work and all day long, exclamation point. So I want to go ahead and start off by giving a round of applause to our tennis team, right? That's a nice job there by them, okay? So the next time we get to see Carrie face-to-face, next time we get to see Kel and so many of these others, what an outstanding job by them. And so uh, he had asked me prior to this, if I would lead, and I am humbled and honored to do so. First thing that I want to do is, we've already put our hands together, so I'm not going to ask you to do that again, right? I want to let our food settle, but speaking of food, thankful for the meal tonight. Those who had a hand in that, very grateful for the awesome food that we were able to experience with the Build Your Own Burger Night. So, want to go ahead and also mention a few announcements that, uh, that I'm sure he's not against are reminding ourselves of. First of all, Monday night mission night, obviously 5.30. Um, and on Wednesday the 3rd, pulled pork sandwiches will be our next meal. As always, looking forward to that already. This coming Sunday, April the 30th, we have fifth Sunday singing. There is a meal at 5 o'clock. I am not aware of that meal. Does anybody know what they're planning for that one? Okay, I'm not aware either, and then you already know that the Grand Scheme of Things Bible study is going on as we are indulging in that this very minute. Also, I have been asked to update you on Pam Welch. After Thursday's procedure, uh, she had a mini stroke, and there was some slurred speech that came from that. Um, there is a little bit of her left side that was affected by that. Uh, there was a feeding tube implemented, but none of this looks like it's going to be permanent, okay? So as we get going and open it up in prayer, we want to be mindful of Pam and uh, all those involved in that. So if you would, let's go ahead and open up this evening speaking to our Lord. Father God, we know that you are creator of all. We know that you have gone before us even before this study. We know that you went before us whenever Pam had this procedure. You were there before her and before the doctor's hands were moving to this very procedure. So Father, 
We know that you will lord over it. We know that we are in your hands with every breath that we take. And we are thankful that we can intercede for one another in prayer. You call us to do so. And so we lift up Pam. We lift up her family and friends and this recovery. So Father, as you have allowed us to celebrate things like tennis successes, we are grateful for our pastor and for his family, for the success that Coach Castleberry and Kel and his teammates have been able uh, to just relish in. And, and we thank you for the goodness that you allow us to be part of in this life. So Father, we come with open hearts and open minds, and we pray that we would indeed learn from your Holy Scripture this evening. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. So good evening to you again. Within the framework of notes, I do want to let you know that on this side of things, you would be already oh so proud of your pastor because he's made my job so easy, okay? As an English teacher, if I couldn't read, then I'd have to blame it on Susie Byers. Because, just kidding, all right? But Mrs. Mrs. Byers, I always say that I had an, a Mount Rushmore of English teachers, okay? It was Susie Byers my freshman year, Sam Jones my sophomore year, Judy Heatley my junior year, and Barbara Jo Hughes my senior year. And so the worst thing I can do is bring shame to myself in front of one of our former teachers tonight. But looking forward into the word with you this evening. From the get-go, let's go ahead and focus on Psalm 19 and what all the Lord has in store for us. So we begin knowing that in verse 1, the Lord blesses us with the following words. The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their utterances to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun." Which is a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run his course. If you're following us on your sheet, we're on the back of the sheet now. Verse 6, its rising is from one end of the heavens and its circuit to the other end of them. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Acquit me of, of hidden faults. Also keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me. Then I will be blameless and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and redeemer. Let me tell you the most ironic thing about leading you this evening in this study. Quite often, whenever a minister, which I have been fortunate enough to carry that uh, responsibility and title throughout the years, usually before a minister leads a study or a sermon, 
Verse 14 is often said prior to all of it. So the irony in all this is I just read the last verse of what we will study tonight, and it customarily, like I said, finds its way into a minister's mouth asking for the Lord's blessing. So what does this mean to us within Psalm 19? Our key point is that God is gracious in giving us his word. We should cherish, value, and even celebrate the blessing we have in it. So, as we start off with that thought, I think one of the things that would be wise for us to understand is that if we're looking for key points and we give it from the get-go, we know that many people in this room right now have different learning styles. Just like if I'm in the classroom, I know some of you learn better in regards to being hands-on. So I'm going to choose one of you to come up right now. Just kidding. All right, the hands-on stops there. I won't do that to you, okay? So you can quit sweating that out. But if any of you didn't really enjoy outlining in school, whether that be in high school or college or whatnot, then maybe this doesn't mean as much to you from the get-go. But I know that whenever I use social media, I read some of Toby's thoughts just earlier, right? Putting into perspective his humor and his thoughts as he celebrates what the Vernon Lion tennis team just did. If you do not have me on social media, you don't have to believe me on this, but if you ever see when I walk down from the stage and then sit with my family in this part of the world, okay? By the way, I'm having an out-of-body experience, not sitting in, in front of my friend right there right now. But... I only want to use social media to bring glory to God. So whatever Toby is preaching, then if I am any good at taking notes, then what I want to be guilty of is taking those notes, giving God credit first, giving Toby credit second, and then just letting it work as he is going to for those who follow such a thing. So the reason why I'm mentioning that to you is the following. With everything that I read tonight, I'll go ahead and make sure that it's repeated because it's not fun chasing your speaker slash your teacher slash your leader. So in practicing that, here is the key point one more time for those of you who are indeed either taking notes by hand or maybe doing it via social media like I do on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights. God is gracious in giving us his word. We should cherish value and even celebrate the blessing we have in it. So let's focus on these verbs. To cherish, to value, and to even celebrate the blessing that we have in it. I'm going to ask you a question from the get-go. If we were to truly cherish this on our planet here and now, if we were to truly value it, if we were to truly, truly celebrate it, you and I both know that obviously this world would be a much better place. So from the get-go, I also want to ask you, what are you doing to implement those verbs in terms of the usage of his word in your life? I am not going to stand up in front of you tonight and tell you everything that I do personally and that my family does personally. But when we study like this, it would do all of us a great favor and we would benefit from it if we will just simply reflect as much as possible. Okay, that's the whole reason why we're in the word of the Lord tonight. So we know that these are wisdom psalms. Wisdom Psalms are another of the classifications of Psalms in the Hebrew songbook. I am the village idiot in my family. 
I am one of two people that does not have their master's degree. When it comes to Hebrew, my mom and dad met at Asbury Theological Seminary in Wilmore, Kentucky. I am the product of that, so don't hate on me as I wear my Kentucky blue tonight, but I was born in Lexington, Kentucky. My mom actually taught Hebrew in seminary, okay? So my dad and my mom have masters of divinity. My sister has her masters. My brother probably has more book smarts than all of us combined, but he and I do not have our masters. But I love it when we get a chance to put things into perspective. When I'm in the classroom, I like to harp on that P word. So since we are in an educational setting, since we're studying the Lord's word, keep in mind the Hebrew culture. This came from a Hebrew songbook, and so the book of Psalms indeed was used for such a thing. Wisdom psalms were sung to celebrate God's word, point to his perfect wisdom, and remind people to seek out that wisdom. This is not to point fingers. This isn't to judge, because you know that that's not what we're called to do as ministers. But I will strongly encourage you, if this bit of wisdom, when we focus on this word, sounds at all appealing to you, you have a great opportunity at your fingertips every Sunday night, because your pastor blesses us verse by verse, by taking apart the Proverbs. Now, this is where he would kind of make fun of himself and say, Lord knows when we'll get done with that, but hey, we won't count how long that we have been doing that verse by verse thing, okay? So, two things to think about in that bit of information. Hebrew songs and wisdom. So how are these combined? Let's move on. Do we truly value God's word? Here come a series of questions. So I'm going to pause and I'm going to let you think about what these mean to you. First one again, do we truly value God's word? There is that value word again that we focused on with those three verbs earlier. Second question, what are signs that a person values God's word? What does that look like for you? Once again, a point of reflection. What are signs that a person values God's word? Does it seem wild to actually write songs about it? Once again, does it seem wild to actually write songs about God's word? And lastly, can you think of any modern hymns or songs about God's word? Now, that's a dangerous word when we say modern, okay? I'm 43 years old. I don't mind saying that, okay? I already probably got myself in trouble by saying that because I told you that Mrs. Byers was my teacher and I know how to respect wonderful women like Mrs. Byers in my life. But what might be modern for my oldest, probably 10 years old, could be different than obviously you can see where that's going. So you know what I'm blessed to do up here every morning. So whether you want to hum along with me or not, I, there is no way that I can teach this tonight with what we just read in terms of the Psalms out of Psalm 19 in relation to what we hear when we say words like expanse and we hear words like all of these things that make us think of the Lord's nature. I do not know when the last time that you took a walk was. I do know that I walk our dog every day. That is something that my whole block knows that I do. When I used to live on Sue Mitchell's block, she probably saw me walk a dog or two before, right? And so she's vouching for that. But whenever you stop with that word expanse and look at the night sky, 
You ever heard somebody say, how in the world can somebody question there's a God? I have a hard time with that. I really do. I have a hard time if people can question that because maybe we aren't, tell me if this sounds familiar from what you heard Toby preach just recently. Maybe we're not in astonishment or in awe of the Lord as much as we should be, okay? So this is an old familiar tune. I am not going to get on a piano. I'm not going to strike up an instrument. I'm just going to go ahead and sing something you're very familiar with. And if you want to join, if you want to just close your eyes, but there's no way that I cannot sing part of this as we study this today. And it goes like this. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Now, do I sing that to show out? Y'all know me better than that. I'm scum of the earth. I'm a sinner. I'm a nobody. But when I sing that, it lets you know that if we are going to actually put Hebrew's songbook into perspective, I think we just did that, right? And so here's how I already knew that I was going to share that with you today because I read. But guess what we did to make it completely applicable this morning? If you rolled out of bed this morning, speaking of rolling, you hear some rolling thunder? And I got to go, all right, Lord, I know what you're wanting to do. I know how this is going to go, and I know that we're right where we need to be, okay? Now, the awesome assurance that the Lord gives us when we study like this is he often lets us know where we, where we need to be, doing what we need to be doing, with whom we need to be doing that with, okay? So, there's that perspective as we get ready to continue on, okay? So, hopefully, the next time you, if you take this again and delve into it, Maybe you have that song running through your system because of keeping it where we are. Verse 1, we start to build this picture. Imagine the skies on a clear night. Did we just do that as we were appreciating that song that we all love so much? Imagine the wild sunset as it fades. Are we blessed as Texans to have some of the best sunsets and sunrises in the whole world, right? We we kind of like to call that our, one of our claim to fame. Giving rise to a single star that emerges, then another and another until they are uncountable. Imagine the moon at its brightest shining among them. So I don't know how late you're planning up staying tonight. Don't get too wild, right? But with the cloud coverage we have, that might limit our visibility a tad. But once again, challenge it. Okay? If it's a walk, if it's whatever it means for you, sometimes there is so much valued serenity in soaking in. And we're all guilty of it, okay? 
at the semester when they asked for kids to not be on these anymore, known as cell phones, do you think we teachers saw a difference in regards to how they operated in the classroom? Yes. And I was fine when they were talking. I don't care. I looked at some of the people I worked with and I said, I do not care if I look like the worst teacher in America right after this happens because I wanted them to appreciate a human being across from them instead of being like this all the time, okay? Don't act like you have never seen a young person walk by you. I'm not trying to hate on your grandchildren or your children because you know that I'm not here to do that. I can hate on myself from the get-go. I need to get off of mine. And when we do, oh my word, does the Lord have amazing things in store for us. Let's go verse number two. Keep the picture going now. Picture the most beautiful, breathtaking image of the daytime. Whatever that means for you. Mountains, rivers, lakes, trees, flowers, deer. Okay, now they got Texas back into us, right? Okay, my lanyard, okay, for those of you who know me, Mrs. Byers, I hate to keep bringing her up, but she and I butt some heads because the TCU Longhorns beat my Michigan Wolverines. I told you that my mom and dad met in seminary in Kentucky, but my dad's from Seymour, Texas. My mom's from the middle of the thumb, as we say it, in Michigan, okay? So, I am blessed every summer since I've been born that my family takes me to places other than here. We have a whole lot of people that aren't as blessed as what I've been blessed. I understand that. I am thankful for that upbringing. But when we hear mountains, rivers, lakes, some of you are going, Doug, it's Vernon, right? But not everybody's from Vernon. And thank goodness some of you have been able to get outside. We're thankful for our town. I'm so grateful for every one of you being my brothers and sisters in Christ. But these things, once again, are things to be celebrated. He has graced us with so much. Now, do the same for the nighttime. Owls hooting, coyotes or coyotes prowling, the moon's reflection on a lake. Man, some of us are ready for vacation, amen? <laughs> sounds, sounds like a wonderful thing. Now, we're going to combine verse 3 and verse 4 in terms of what we should gather here. The message has gone out. So these things, their message has gone out. Their words to the end of the world. I don't know if any of you are powerful enough to stop a waterfall, but if I was, if I was powerful enough to do such a thing, I would not do that because we would be robbing people of excellent experiences. Speaking of my mom and dad, their honeymoon, for instance, because of where mom was raised and because of where they met and all those good things, Niagara Falls. I think before the Lord takes me home, I'd like to take a trip to Niagara Falls to see the very things that they saw. Think about how much we are guilty of limiting God. Everyone, we're guilty of that. We put God in a box. We want to sit there and think, how powerful we possibly are or aren't in any given moment. Sounds cliche-ish, but there is so much value in just being sometimes. Be still and know that I am God. Let that waterfall crash and be amazed by his presence. Verses 5 and 6, we will combine like we combined verses 3 and 4. Just think about the sun. It provides heat, it provides light, it initiates growth, it comes up every day, 
it doesn't stop or stall out, and then it fades away. It is consistent. You ever heard a minister get on a soapbox? Oh, I won't do this to you tonight, but there is no way I can't cover consistency. Our world needs consistency. I might not be the best husband, the best father, the best teacher, the best former coach, the best former full-time minister, but you know what? I want to be guilty in a good way of being there for people and providing that consistency. One of the most eye-opening things that I ever experienced when I started teaching is the lack of consistency with attendance, okay, in terms of children coming to school. Now, it is my job not to criticize, but it is my job to lead and show them what consistency looks like. What kind of teacher would you take me to be if I showed up four days a week in my classroom? You wouldn't want your child to have me. They'd be getting cut short. So, once I had a conversation with my dad about this, and he wants to be on his A game. We're blessed to have Brother Toby be on a version of A game. A plus, maybe A minus. I'm not going to give that man a B. I love him too much to do that, right? But here's the thing. If the only version of consistency that a kid sees on a day is Doug Patterson who doesn't hit the snooze, roll over, and decide not to teach you on that day, then even if my best that day is a B minus, I have still provided a version of consistency. Now, why do I put myself in this regard? It's surely not because I'm God. It's not because I'm power, as powerful as that waterfall that we mentioned. It's simply because, once again, remember that P word? You're going to hear it. It is called perspective. And so whatever it means for you to appreciate consistency, I am thankful for every one of you. So many of you, for instance, when you serve, when it is what we call, remember, Monday night mission night, you are so faithful in being an encourager. We all have different gifts of the Spirit that the Lord has blessed us to be able to use to encourage others. And some of you are no doubt an encourager. Your words, when they come through our mail, when I opened up the mailbox recently and read the wonderful things you're saying, you know what I know that some of you appreciate? Consistency. Because you notice when my family and I are gone. Because we're a family, right? We're a family. And that is huge. Whenever I lift up my family, I want to also lift up my church family. We're all in this together. And when a body, and when a part of the body is missing, you feel that. Yes, no? You feel that. What if we didn't have our ushers? There's a lot of guys I would miss saying hi to that day. What if we didn't have our cooks for a wonderful meal like tonight? What if we didn't have the parts when we're up here praising the Lord together? She would kill me if I told you this, but you know how proud I am of Brenda McLennan when we sang for Easter as a trio with Trinity and Brenda and myself? Many of you have no clue what Brenda's voice sounds like. That is awesome. That's not what she's up here to do. But when she was asked to through the praise and worship team, she has such a heart. 
and we are blessed by her as well. Now, with all this consistency and with all these things that we miss when it's gone, here come some more questions again. Where does it get such fuel? What was it? That consistent sun. Why doesn't it get too close or stray too far? That consistent sun. Why does it radiate light? What even is light? What makes it hot? Are some of you feeling yourself saying to yourself right now, man, I'm glad I'm not God? Because he's got this figured out. That's his. That's all him. Another reason why I'm glad I'm not God, those of you who have experienced loss before, people like my grandfather, my dad's dad, I'd keep him on this planet until he's probably about 130. Would he probably be pretty miserable at that juncture? Glad I'm not God. Oh, he knows so much better than we do. Oh, he knows. Because it was also during the pandemic times. And if we had had granddad where we couldn't touch him or even get close to him, sounds a little torturous slash treacherous to me. So, think of these things, but also keep in mind that we do have a God that knows why the Son is doing what it's doing here in its consistencies. The first six verses of Psalm 19 make a great point. All of creation is speaking. If you had an empty slate and, and had absolutely no knowledge of understanding, what would you learn if you ventured out into creation and looked around. Now, if I'm y'all, I consider the person standing in front of you a liar right now. And I did it on purpose just to play with your emotions a little bit. Yeah, I do that. Heck, I work with 16, 17, 18 year olds, right? I've, I've got to kind of keep them on their toes. What did I lie to you about? I told you that if you're taking notes, either like this or like this, I would repeat questions. So, I've got you right where I want you right now, right? Let's go ahead and get back on what I promised you here. This, this is this final question we just asked. If you had an empty slate and had absolutely no knowledge of understanding, what would you learn if you ventured out into creation and looked around? You know the best thing about this question? Because of the nature of how awesome your pastor's notes are, we've addressed this along the way. It's just kind of wrapping those thoughts at the end of this segment here. Let's make a list. Be exhaustive. Think hard. And for those of you going, at this hour? I'm already exhausted, Doug. I don't want to think hard. Okay, that's fair enough. Okay. Consider this. If this is all you knew, what would you be lacking? So let's make a list of the things that if you had that empty slate, one more time, we're actually asking this question three times. If you had an empty slate and absolutely no knowledge of understanding, what would you learn if you ventured out into creation and looked around? I want you to think of at least one thing. Even if you don't feel like making a list, what is that one thing? What was mine? You've heard me mention waterfall more than once. If you want to steal mine, fine. As we're exhausted and think hard, if this is all you knew, what would you be lacking? Let's continue. A survey of creation is awesome. It speaks volumes, yet it is incomplete. What? 
How could it be incomplete? I thought God's creation is perfect. I thought he took six days and rested. God's word completes and complements the story. Man, this is so important. Don't ever downplay how important this is. When I was a student, I didn't read enough. I have no problem looking you in the eye and telling you that. I'm not going to lie to you. But I promise you one thing. In front of my students, I can surely look everyone in the eye every day and tell them where I am in this. I am currently in the book of Ezekiel. And I'm okay looking every one of you in the eye and telling you that. Because as your brother in Christ, you need to know that if I'm going to lead that family over there the way that I should, then when I tell you that God's word completes and complements the story, it's of, dire, it's of dire importance. It can never be downplayed. That same thing that we mentioned about God by putting him in the box and making him tr look possibly less powerful, it can't happen. Why would we ever do that? The next eight verses will announce and celebrate the benefits we have in the Word of God. So, the other day I taught my students the phrase paradigm shift. I really didn't teach them that phrase. Some of them have heard it. But when I give them a vocabulary word for the day, if you just hear paradigm, that's not always going to mesh with some of those minds. But for those who do, when I ask them, when are you used to hearing it, we hear paradigm shift. So, if you have been feeling the importance of creation and then we all of a sudden start talking about God's word, are you feeling something coming possibly, okay? You should. If you are still awake with me and not that sophomore that I had ninth period that's ready to spit the bit, then here we go, okay? Verse seven restores the soul. Any of you like to have your soul restored? I do. God's word encourages, just like so many of you do. Oh, you're the hands and feet of God when you do that. Don't ever think that that's not important. It brings us back to a sure foundation. It reminds us of the correct perspective. Ha ha, there's that P word. Oh, I love it. I can't wait to tell my kids tomorrow that the same P word that I get to talk about in class steadily, oh, we were rocking it tonight with some of that. Most of all, we find and endure in true peace when we live according to God's word. I asked you earlier, how many of you want your soul restored? Yes. How many of you want that true peace? Oh, yes. Do we ever need that? Think of all of the modern issues that come from a lack of peace. Oh, sounds like we're about to get on soapbox time again, right? Oh, I've already tampered with that a little bit. Why do we not make the correlation? Neglect God's word and exist in strife, conflict, and anxiety. So thankful for a pastor that wants us to know that if you don't have that be your lifeline, you're going to answer to things. He doesn't want that for you. I don't want that for you. Our God doesn't want that for you. We, come, we become pretty susceptible when that is not the root of who we are. So I want you to just pause a second and think of at least one sin 
that you're going, oh, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me and leave me alone. I don't want it anymore. You ever heard those people who tell you that it's easier said than none? Well, I'm also going to be someone who looks you in the eye right now and tells you, sometimes one of the hardest things to do is to take our own advice. So let's all collectively right now agree that some of the best advice that we could probably give one another is the same thing we would give ourselves if we will apply it. It's called getting the word. Getting the word. Nike was not brilliant. They were just opportunistic when they said, just do it. That's a version. But here's the thing that some of us need help with. Whenever my students are reading something, then a lot of times I give them this little anecdote, right? A little bit story, a little story of what it could sound like. If some of you are not the best silent readers in the world, that is okay. You need to understand to give yourself some grace. Some of you, when you read a sentence, guess what happens? You go, I don't know what that word means. Now I got to back up that sentence. That vocabulary word tripped me up. And then you look it up and then you move on. And you keep rolling and then all of a sudden, your grandkid in the other room screams bloody murder and you're going, oh man, I don't know what I just read. And then you back up that sentence and then you were about to be so excited about finishing a paragraph in the word of God and then you go, you start doubting yourself. And you start thinking, did I really get the main idea of this? You mean to tell you something that somebody once told me? Trust yourself and read and take what you can out of it. But if you are somebody that can't read a chapter at a time, do not try to read a chapter at a time. I'm not here to quote Stephen King. I actually mentioned this to Toby the other day. Stephen King is quoted as saying, the hardest thing to do is start right? And I often tell my students that when they're writing. Well, that can apply in this case as well. If you're not reading nearly as much as you'd like to, take a paragraph out of the Word. It's going to sound cheesy when I tell you baby steps matter, but they do. Do what works for you. I'm, I'm, in, I'm a formally, not just as a coach, but into personal training. If you hate your workouts, do you think you're going to take care of your next workout? and break a sweat, or get your heart rate up, or et cetera, et cetera. If you loathe it, not love it, but loathe it, hate it, hate it with every fiber of your being, it's not going to happen. So if we are truly wanting to go against strife, conflict, and anxiety, we can't neglect God's word. Get in it. When it comes to making wise the simple, we find and grow in true knowledge. We acquire true wisdom as we take in the word of God. This formula is sure. Now, with as many times as we start talking about wisdom right now, are some of you that are receiving the blessing on Sunday nights into Proverbs, does it kind of sound like we are we're dealing with some of the Proverbs? That's that paradigm shift that we spoke of, okay? So wisdom, wisdom, much needed. Verse 8 Rejoicing the heart, God's word is right. That is a big understanding. It means it is correct, it is righteous, it is just, it is relevant, it is on time. In all ways it is right. Again, there is true joy in holding and adhering to the word of God. Y'all, when it comes to righteousness, 
Does it blow anybody else's mind that we are considered righteous because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ? That blows me away. I am worthless. I don't deserve anything. But because I accept him as Lord and Savior, then I get to approach the throne as righteousness. I get to take this knee and go, I am not worthy, but good grief. I must commune with my God right now. Unbelievable. Our God is so unbelievable that he would do that for us that we could then be considered as such. The commandment of the Lord is pure. So we talked about its being right. Here is the pure aspect. This means literally not polluted. It is purely God's word and not diluted with man-made or worldly things. Has your pastor also asked you to consider as recently as this last Sunday? Do you all see how all this ties together? If you've ever heard that the Lord brings all things unto himself, that's what's happening right now. Because your pastor is faithful to the word of God. So when you're hearing this in this study, then it's sending off an alert in your mind where you go, oh yeah, that's, that's what he meant when he said this. This is the thing that he told y'all to do. Us to do, right? Me included. If it's diluted by man-made worldly things, remember he has been asking us, where do we draw the line? Where do we get to the point where we say, is it okay for me to do this? Is it okay for this commercial that comes on that scares my kids and is morbid and twisted and sick and could give them nightmares? Are we disciplined enough to hit click? No, I'm speaking of myself. It happens every time we turn the TV on. You know it. There's no need to beat around the bush on that. And so, so much of this world is so diluted, but God's word is not. It is right. It is pure. If it is our mainstay, and if it is the root to our families and to this church, praise God, it's the root to this church. That's why you love Toby. He's doing what he's been asked to do. He said yes to God, and he brings it out of this. That's why you love them. No doubt. It makes the difference. It enlightens the eyes. This is the picture of a light being turned on. It gives clear direction. It reveals the truth. It is found, or excuse me, in it is found true wisdom. Okay? So, key words. It's right. It's pure. Wisdom is all-encompassing in this case. It's the wisest thing that we could do. Verse 9, the understanding of, God, of who God is, clean. It is pure. It doesn't change because he doesn't change. I'm not going to sing to you for a second time tonight, but it is tempting to sing Father of Lights because when we sing Father of Lights, we sing Father of Lights you never change. There is no turning. Remember the consistency we talked about earlier? How many of you like knowing that he gives us unconditional love? It's not going anywhere. He's not going to take it away. That's not his nature. He can't betray himself. Think. Time invested in God's word is eternally profitable. This is some of my favorite words put together here in this study. You have to know 
that when you are putting in that good drop into that bucket, we're a step closer to seeing our Savior face to face. What you're doing to grow right now by opening his word, eternally profitable. If the Lord were to take me home tonight, it's nice to know that what you and I were doing together right now had eternal significance. It's eternally profitable. Oh, strong words. We do not have to continually wonder, is God's word true? Will it stand up? Here come some questions. So let's hit the repeat button. Is God's word true? Will it stand up? Are his commandments correct? Are his commandments correct? Are, <laughs> told you I wouldn't do this too much, but you know what my three daughters and I just sat down and read most recently? Remember how I told you how the Lord ties everything unto himself? Remember when Jesus told us the greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself? And the second one is like it, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Hey, I'm not here to show off in front of you. But those three girls better be raised the right way. I can't take that lightly. When I lift up their future daters slash boyfriends slash fiancés slash husbands, the Lord doesn't give us the spirit of fear, but if you want to shake in your boots, leave that up to the world. Leave your four-year-old, seven-year-old, ten-year-old daughter and just hope that some guy down the road is getting in the word, is being loved on by a family who prays with them, who takes them to church. I, I don't want to leave that to just a whim, right? So, if that's the case, these all, all of these situations... Keep that in mind. All situations. Is he correct in all things? There is peace in its trustworthiness when it comes to the word of the Lord. We can have great confidence. Oh, confidence. Nice to live in confidence. Those of you who are excellent in the kitchen, thank you for your confidence. Those of you who, whatever it is in your walk of life, it's nice to know that you know that you know. The Lord can provide that through his word. We continually are reminded of the value and blessing of God's word. Why does this have to be a repetitive process? This is verse 10, by the way. Why does this have to be a repetitive process? And how valuable is God's word to you? Would your patterns reflect this? We've been discussing this. We've been going over this. What is your pattern of life? You already know what one of mine is. Once again, the danger in standing in this spot is the holier-than-thou syndrome. Let's get that out of the way once again. If that's not me, then I can look at you and tell you that tomorrow morning I'm going to start my day in the book of Ezekiel. Sound like a deal? Don't know what that means for you. But if you ever want to share it, it's not going to make me tell you, shoe fly. Run off. I don't have time for that. No, we're a body of Christ that encourages one another. You can tell somebody what you're reading. You can tell somebody what it means to you. Verses 11 and 13. We're about to flip this page, y'all. You've done a heck of a job. Doing a wonderful job here. 
God's word gives us wisdom. Ah, here's that W word again. However, it is not given for us to build a grand database of wisdom and knowledge. Uh Uh-oh. Remember this phrase? It's one thing to know about God. It's another thing to know God. I could have invited my kids tonight to hear me in this capacity instead of their English teacher side of things. I did that. I am not worried that they're not here tonight. Hopefully they're with Marco, all right? But if I stand in front of them and I just tell them I'm a minister, they can take that or leave that. But you know what I do instead? Did we have a meal tonight starting at 5.30 that was build your own burger? I can invite them every week. Hey, the reason why that is significant is because if I know my Savior and I know that Jesus was so brilliant that food a lot of times was involved, are any of you going to care why we see new faces in here? No. But when they're here, can we love them like our life depended on it? Because of our great Savior. So, we can know Him, not just know about Him. God's Word is to lead us to live lives that honor Christ. Walk in obedience and avoid sin. I've got to turn the page because as much as I want to take that last paragraph apart, oh, this is so neat. God's grace is not just extended to us in the forgiveness of sin. It is given to us in the avoidance of sin. Guess what my fingers just finished doing this past week? That very concept from our beloved pastor. It's worth reading again. God's grace is not just extended to us in the forgiveness of sins. What are we called to as believers? Don't just use excuses. Take advantage of, I'm saved. And so you possibly get into this vicious cycle of sin. It is given to us in the avoidance of sin. You don't have to show me your hands, but if any of you have an accountability partner, that is a-okay. Through face-to-face, through phone call, through text, I have multiple ones, and I'm thankful. Some of them want it for spiritual purposes. Some of them want it for physical purposes. Some of them fill in the blank, whatever. But here is the thing that he also just recently gave us as information that is oh so vital. People are going to let you down. I love Daryl Patterson. He is one of my spiritual mentors as my father. I love Sandy Patterson. She's one of those walking saints. For those of you who know her, I'm not being biased. I've been blessed. But whether one of them were to pass away tonight, am I going to feel a version of betrayal to some degree because of the levels of grief that can happen? They wouldn't mean to do that to me. I'm not saying I would have that response. But by the same token, if one of them were to do something, We're not making excuses. We already know we're all human. But when it comes to the Lord, if an accountability partner is going to stumble and fall, are we connected to the one true God who will never have that tied to his name? Praise God. All right, the moment you all been waiting for. It has been a blessing. You are awesome.
And I know that I went over 47 minutes because that's what periods are over here at Vernon High School. So thank you for your grace. After this song celebrating the word of God, the psalmist ends by praying for it to bear fruit in his life. Think about the desires of this prayer. Think about the excellent title given to the one it is offered to. We will read this closing paragraph and thought one last time. After this song celebrating the word of God, the psalmist ends by praying for it to bear fruit in his life. Y'all remember when we said that a lot of times pastors open up the sermon with what we read. So this is what we're referring to once again. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You know what no one can take away from you tonight? If you pray that prayer and you mean it, and you felt like in our fellowship of believers tonight that we were acceptable in his sight, what a feeling. What a great communion that we had together in this fellowship. Think about the desires of this prayer. Think about the excellent title given to the one it is offered to. I'm going to ask you to stand, please. Be thinking of Pam. Be thinking of Toby, Carrie, Kel, all the Vernonites that were down in San Antonio. We often say it. It's a great day to be a lion. It's also a great day to be a Christian in the house of the Lord at Calvary Baptist Church. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, I am humbled once again that our pastor would ask us to continue this message, this study, without his direction, but Lord, he has given us direction. We know that he is interceding for us in prayer right now because we know what true leadership looks like. Thank you for a pastor that wants to support his kids and support his wife and to support school events and monumental memories that were made today. Give them traveling mercies, please, Lord. We continue to lift up Pam. We continue to lift up this church. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this study. And I'm grateful for every one of my brothers and sisters in Christ in this very room that we could fellowship and learn about your goodness, about how correct and how right, how pure and how awesome the word of the Lord is. It's in Christ's holy name that we pray. Amen. Thank y'all so much. Appreciate you. Love you. Looking forward to worshiping with you on Sunday morning.